0: The Chicago Bears collapse against the Detroit Lions felt all too familiar and almost predictable at this point. The defense got too conservative, the offense got stale, and it's hard to point to one specific problem above all the rest. You are locked on Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. On the show today... We look at this Chicago Bears loss to the Detroit Lions and try and take stock of what what to me is a weird game where Justin Fields played well, came in and had a strong game. It felt for the most part until the very end. The defense had a strong game for the most part until the very end and left feeling like neither one is fully to blame, but both deserve some credit, but yet they still lost. So it's kind of a weird spot of like everybody did well, but it still wasn't. Good enough. The mistakes that they did make seem like stuff you could live with, but in this case, they couldn't. So we'll kind of go through that and where the coaching staff and coaching certainly plays a, a factor in this. But specifically, I want to focus on Fields and I want to focus on the defense as, as the two main players in this. Because what I left coming away with as I tried to think through this game and try and make sense of what we saw, I, I kept kind of getting stuck on something in particular that, okay, Justin Fields played a solid game, right? Came out and threw the ball fairly decisively, and we'll get into some of the specifics of Justin Fields, but, you know, ran the ball pretty well, had a couple of nice downfield passes. And and so if Justin Fields played well, I don't think anyone's going here saying, oh, man, what a bad game from Fields, a bad ending. The last play of the game, not what you want, but for the most part, did his job at a good to very good level for this offense. Great. So then presumably, then if Justin Fields played well enough, then the team around him needs to be better, right? Like that would be the alternative there. Well, but this defense got three turnovers on Jared Goff and held the lions to just 14 points in the first three and a half quarters. Like the defense did what should be enough there before everything hits the fan at the very end. So it felt like the defense did its job and it felt like Justin Fields and the offense did their jobs. And yet if both sides did their job, they still lost. So who's to blame here? And I think what it comes down to a little bit is, is kind of both like fields was good and good enough, but perhaps needed to be even better than that. And the defense was good and often good enough, but also needed to be a little bit better than that. And I can't help but feel like the coaching staff also played a role in neither side of the ball being good enough in this game because of some of the decisions that the staff made in terms of play calling and how they handed certain situations on both sides of the ball. But for Justin Fields specifically, like we saw him come through and rush for over a thousand yards was the main rushing attack for this Bears offense. Stayed in the pocket pretty well. I thought the pocket presence was better in this game than it had been through a lot of his career. There were plays he hung in there, stepped up and around pressure, and fired some shots downfield. He only he, t- he took one or two sacks that, you know, maybe a, a, you might feel like, like you could argue shouldn't have taken, that he held onto the ball too long on a couple of those plays. And you can live with that when it's one or two sacks like that. Justin Fields was not perfect, and we can never expect perfection on him but like you know as as far as passing goes hit hit a couple nice shots downfield the tyler scott probably should have caught that one towards the end there but hit dj Moore on a deep touchdown that was an absolute dime threw some tough balls over the middle of the field like was he pinpoint accuracy everywhere he threw no did he miss a couple throws here and there yeah but he wasn't he was never like egregiously missing guys we were just like oh man what is fields doing there you know like one potentially dropped interception but overall like Was fine as a passer and was great as a runner, and that's a lot of what you were looking for from Justin Fields in his return from the injury. Said after the game, you know, no restrictions on the hand, was good to go, no excuses there, just ready to roll. And yet, and yet, it it wasn't enough. You know, it, it ends up being 169 passing yards, which is not a ton, but he generally threw the ball well. He just Ran it a lot, too. He was sixteen 16-23 for 169 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions, 105 passer rating in there. I mean, that's an overall encouraging performance from Justin Fields. It's the strip sack at the end that gets you because we've seen that from him before. You know, we've seen fourth-quarter strip sacks, fourth-quarter fumbles. You know, he gets the ball under two minutes, a chance to drive down and win, his, win the game for his team, and it's not something he's been able to consistently do. And perform on it and excel in. And certainly in a lot of those situations, you can point to the team around him and say, oh, well, darn all right, got beat too easily on that play. Or in, in previous previous weeks, you know, it will be a drop pass on fourth down. It'll be a tip pass or a bad pass where it's not always stuff that's directly 100% Justin Fields' fault. And yet you also feel like, man, it keeps happening over and over again. And you feel like the really good quarterbacks, the great quarterbacks, the, the difference makers... Find a way to make it work, to win those games, to pull them out, you know, to do something in those games. And not that, you know, Justin Field should have been expected to make the comeback in this game, but just over the over the totality of Justin's career, like, we keep seeing games end this way. And so we're again left feeling like a lot to be really encouraged about by Justin in this game. And progress and growth, but still some questions and still some wondering, like, does does he need to do more? It doesn't feel like it, but at the same time, the offense needed more. I mean, they weren't able to fully take advantage of some of the things the defense was doing for them and the special teams was doing for them in this game. A lot of those drives ended in field goals. When you want to see Justin Fields end those drives with touchdowns, and some of that's on the players around him, some of that's on the coaching staff, and I want to get to that in particular in a little bit here too. And it, it's, hard to, it, it's hard to live in this world where, you certainly can't pin every all the offensive shortcomings on Justin Fields, and you got to give him a lot of credit for everything that he did, but you can't pretend like you also, you, can you also still want more? Like, are we at a point where we can comfortably say, yes, that was a lot better from Justin Fields, but ideally you want a little bit more? Like, I, I, I'm left here without a definitive, like, here is the opinion. And I think that's something I want to go back and watch the All-22 film and really get a better sense of what Justin Fields was able to do independently of his teammates, particularly as a passer. I think as a runner, we saw him go be an individual playmaker for his offense and elevate the level of plays around him, and that should be enough. And yet in this game, it wasn't. So does that mean all the blame should belong in the defense? Because when you take a step back, it's a pretty good defensive performance for the vast majority of this game. And so does does the last three or four minutes of this game undo absolutely everything else the defense did, or... Should they have done more to support the defense and take advantage of what the defense was doing? We'll we'll look at that side of the ball and that part of the perspective here next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. Cause LinkedIn jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. I'm on LinkedIn. I bet you're on LinkedIn. And if you're not a lot of your friends and family members are on LinkedIn. So it's a great pool of candidates. And then they've got simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on people with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires compared to their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The Chicago Bears defense was shutting down the Ben Johnson Detroit Lions offense for the majority of this game. I was going to say the vast majority of this game, but I guess it depends on where you want to end the word vast over the, over the the course of an actual football game, because after a couple of touchdowns in the first half, they were still only a 14 point Detroit Lions offense up until they, st- they got the ball with four minutes and 15 seconds left in this game. They drove down and scored. To get their third touchdown of the game with three minutes and six seconds left. But for the first three quarters, 11 minutes, three quarters, 10 minutes, and 45 seconds, the Bears had held Ben Johnson and the Lions to just 14 points. They were doing a really good job against a really good offense. Like, yeah, Goff was moving the ball here and there, but it was a lot of just taking what the defense gave him and ultimately getting behind the sticks a little bit, and the Bears' defense getting off the field. And, you know, they were running the ball all right. I would almost say they were running the ball well, but they weren't running the ball well enough to run over the defense. They were getting some yards here and there, but it wasn't dominating in the ground game. It was it was not enough because it was only 14 points. And again, seven of those points in the first half came after the Tyler Scott fumble, where I'm not even really going to get that. Mad at the defense for that. I mean, sure, you don't want to give up any points off a of turnover, but when they start with the ball in in basically just outside of field goal range, that drive, again, it's not they don't excuse it per se, but it's kind of like, okay, I understand giving up a touchdown there. But like otherwise, this defense for the mass, the vast majority of this game really did a good job like across the board. They picked off Jared Goff three times, and then Jalen Johnson got a special teams fumble, forced fumble for the fourth turnover. But that's that is four turnovers. That gave the Bears offense the ball. And on those three interceptions, the Bears offense got three points, one field goal on three Jared Goff interceptions. And that's not good enough. That's not taking advantage. That's not playing complementary football the way that Matt Eberflus talks about it. The Bears did get a touchdown off of that Jalen Johnson fumble, for that forced fumble on the kickoff return, which admittedly was better field position than a lot of the interceptions had given this offense. But still, like, even 10 points on four total turnovers is not enough. Scoring twice on four turnovers, and one of those scores being a field goal, is not effective enough offense. And that's that's an offense not properly taking advantage of what its defense was giving it. So then I again kind of come back to, like, so then do you blame Justin Fields for not doing enough cuz when the guy rushes for 104 yards and throws for 169 yards and a touchdown with a 100 passer rating like it it feels like Justin Fields did plenty and yet the offense didn't do enough and so then can you blame everything on okay the lack of running game beyond Justin Fields I mean Khalil Herbert averaged 2.2 yards per carry. Dante Foreman averaged 2.3 yards per carry. They couldn't get the running game going with running backs very well. Roshan Johnson had a couple of nice runs, but, like, they couldn't really run the ball from players not named Justin Fields. Is that why they lost? I don't think so. Like, yes, they needed to be better, but that's not why they lost. And, like, sure, the offensive line could have played better, but that's not why they lost. I mean, I guess receivers could have done more, more work after the catch but that's not why they lost, right? It's things that could have been better, but you can't really point that and say, "Man, that's why the Bears lose." Oh, because their running backs and receivers didn't do enough. I mean, it contributed, I guess, but it's not the thing you really point to. So that's that's kind of where I'm. That's where you start to again run into some trouble here. Like the pass rush wasn't great. It was all right. They got Jared Goff sacked twice. He's pretty good at getting rid of it pretty quickly, though, and feeling the pass rush. Like he's he's good at that there. They only had one defensive penalty, a pass interference on Jalen Johnson. But other than that, pretty clean game. Weren't giving the Lions a bunch of extra free yards or extra plays or, you know, staying on the field on those third downs or whatever. And they didn't miss a ton of tackles in this game. Sure, they missed some, but otherwise, like again, they give you three defensive turnovers, three interceptions, and generally like not getting gashed up and down the field on all the other drives. Seems like it's pretty good. They were just particularly atrocious in the under two minute situations. They gave up a touchdown uh, with less than two minutes to go in the first half. And then of course, at the very end of the game, they go to this, what felt super conservative defensive coverage here, right? Where there's dropping back super far, giving the lions a lot of space and golf to its credit is dealing. And, and maybe that's part of the equation here that we don't think about it enough where it's just like, Hey, you know what? Sometimes the opponent is just playing really, really well. And even if you are also playing well, like their good is better than your good when they're stacked up side by side and it's not that you needed to do better it's that you did your best but their best was a better than your best and again that's the closest thing to an explanation for this game that I can come away with but I'm not super satisfied by that answer either I'm also not 100% clear on how exactly it fell apart so quickly at the very end you know when the lions can go on on the last two drives, a six-play, 75-yard touchdown drive in what was, what, a minute and 16 off the clock, and then an 11-play, 73-yard drive in two minutes on the clock, both for touchdowns. That's where this defense absolutely fell apart. Is that purely overly conservative play calling? Is that the offense all of a sudden pulling stuff out of its sleeve? Is it something else? Like, that's where I start to come down to, like, the coaching, being... Maybe the answer to this question here when it feels like, okay, Fields played pretty well and yet not enough from the offense and like defensive guys played pretty well. Edmonds, Edwards getting Stevenson, getting interceptions like guys are making plays and yet defense as a whole not good enough. Does that all just point back to coaching then? Is it simple as the play calling from Iberflus and Getze is what lost them this game? That feels too simplistic But I do want to get into a little bit of of what that factor looks like in this equation next on Locked on Bears. This episode of the Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. DoorDash is here to help you bring all of your favorites right to your door. They can deliver your groceries, your meals, your snacks, you name it. You can get it at DoorDash, not only with any of your favorite restaurants in town, but specifically your favorite local restaurants without having to leave the comfort of your own home. I was just looking on DoorDash for some local places around Chicago. And how about Velvet Taco for some tacos delivered? They've got some wild mixes. And I love when you sort of get these genre culinary mixes here. They've got a Korean fried rice taco. Absolutely sign me up and DoorDash can bring that right to your door. Plus all the other great tacos they have at Velvet Taco. And if you use it through DoorDash, you're going to save money on that order as well. Right now you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. You just download the DoorDash app and enter in our promo code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. That's 50% off, up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order, when you download the DoorDash app and enter our promo code LOCKED23. Is it as simple as to say coaching? is what lost this Bears game against the Lions because coaching can kind of be this amorphous, like blame whatever's going wrong on the coaches and whatever's going right on the players. And sometimes it's hard to separate, like if a player makes a good play, was he well-coached or is he a good player? If a player makes a bad player, a big mistake, is he a bad player or was he poorly coached? And, And it's sometimes it's really easy to just say, oh, that's coaching. Coaches screw that up. But I think a couple of things stand out to me about the coaching in this game. Like, first of all, for, for the vast majority, vast majority, but like for a while, Luke Getzey was calling a pretty good offense for Justin Fields. They were rolling him out effectively where they'd have a receiver come in and block to give Fields a little bit of space there or have tight ends stay in a block. Like when we were seeing issues with the rollouts earlier this season where the pressure would come straight for Fields, Getzey has adapted that, adapted to that and created more rollouts for Fields. Got the play-action game going. Got the quarterback running game going quite a bit early there and stuck with the running game throughout the course of this game. Got a lot going on the ground, and it felt like the Bears had a lot of answers offensively and looked good during a lot of stretches of this game. The Lions adjusted a bit, loaded up quite a bit more up front. That's why the Bears couldn't get the reg- the regular running game going consistently, but Getze still found ways to, you know, read option with Justin Fields and let Fields beat a man. Like, at the end of the day, you'd like to find other ways to win running the ball, but it works, right? The QB lead runs weren't working. The direct snaps to fields, those never worked. But they got away from that after a while, and it was just fields read option. And even when they'd leave a guy there to try and stop fields, they couldn't, and and, and that worked. But then, you know, it felt like down the stretch, the offense got more conservative. You know, early on in the game, through the first handful of drives, they get fourth and two at midfield, and they went for it on two or three fourth downs. I don't have the exact number in front of me here, but, like, they were staying aggressive on, on fourth downs to start this game. And it was refreshing, right? It was like, all right, let's 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 keep this going. You might as well. What do you got to lose? They were two for two on fourth down attempts in this game. But then you get to the second half and you get into the Lions territory and you get fourth down. And they said, screw it, we'll take the field goal. And they said, screw it, we'll take the field goal. And we ended up with, what, we had to watch four field goals, if I remember correctly. I'm pulling that out in front of me right now. Four field goals. And, and Cairo Santos has been great. No, no disrespect or blame on Cairo Santos there, but the Bears were very content to settle for field goals. And, you know, it's it's easy to fall in that trap and say, okay, well, you know, you have the lead, so might as well just take the points, take the field goal, because you're in control, so no need to press it and try and go for extra points. Go, Don't want to chase the points, per se. But there's something to be said about really keeping the pedal to the metal here, staying aggressive, and taking it to the Lions, not because you're trying to run up the score per se, but because you're trying to protect that lead. And you know that this team has collapsed many times before. And it's easy to second guess with, with hindsight and say, oh, you should have gone for it here, or should have gone for it there. But when it ends up being four field goals, and specifically like there were a couple of those times when they were clearly playing for the field goal. When they got third and eight and handed it off to Khalil Herbert for three yards. You know, when you got third and six, and you hand it off to the running back for three yards. And then you take the field goal on plays that, you know what? If you throw it and it's incomplete, you're still in field goal range. And so why not give your quarterback a shot there when we saw him earlier in the game on a second and 20? That was the down and distance on his 39 yard touchdown pass to DJ Moore in the end zone, a dime ball. Long down and distance, obvious passing situation. Defense knows you're trying to pass, knows you're trying to go vertical, doesn't matter. Fields delivers a perfect pass. It was gorgeous. And when your quarterback is capable of doing that, then why are you handing it off on these third and medium to long situations in field goal range to set up a slightly easier field goal instead of giving your offense a chance to convert it? Like, it's one thing to settle for a field goal when it's fourth and 10. Okay, you're not going to go for it every fourth down. You take field goals sometimes. Not all field goals are bad. But when the offense really seemed to be playing for field goals in the second half, that's when I point to the play calling and the decision making there of like, why weren't you? Why didn't you go a little bit more aggressive to try and score a touchdown there? And at least like you have the field goal as a backup plan instead of what looked to kind of be plan A was hand the ball off and take the field goal. And it would have only been lucky if you had been able to get a first down on those plays instead of the other way around. Then you kind of see the same thing defensively, right? At at the end. A lot of soft coverage. I mean, Iberflues, to his credit, in the fourth quarter did start blitzing once the Lions drives started going a little bit more. So they were trying some different things and Goff played well. And and I do need to go go back and watch some of the All-22 to see what was exactly happening defensively. Because it wasn't like guys were getting totally gashed in coverage, right? They weren't getting smoked and just get beat one-on-one per se. It was just like they were underneath for 10 yards, they were underneath for eight yards, they were underneath for 12 yards, all the way down the field. And to me... That feels less like, oh, man, safety or linebacker corner got beat one-on-one coverage and more just like that's what the play was designed to funnel it towards. And so that feels like play calling to me, but I need to go back and take a look at it. And then even on the final or I guess the second to last offensive drive when the Bears still had the lead, right? The Lions scored. Bears get the ball back. Under three minutes to go in this game. I was going to find the exact play here so I can go through the order properly. It was... Two minutes and 59 seconds left. Tyler Scott fair catches it when the Bears were trying to do the, they were ready for an onside kick just in case. Bears started at 25. They handed it up to Khalil Herbert up the middle into a 10-man box for no gain. Because they came, Bears came out with three tight ends and a running back and one wide receiver. So what are they going to do? Run the ball. What does the defense know they're going to do? Run the ball. So what do they do? They run the ball up the middle. No gain. Runs into a big pile. Second and 10. Same thing. Three tight ends. One running back, one wide receiver. What are they gonna do? Run the ball? What do they do? Run the ball? I think that one may have had a read option on it, and and Fields still gave it off, but they get one yard. And yeah, I get that you want to get rid of the Lions' timeouts, but loading up with three tight ends and doing the obvious handoff doesn't really—it doesn't feel like the the only way to get the Lions to use a tight to use a timeout where you could maybe give yourself a better chance to maybe actually get a first down there. Then you go to third and nine there. And Justin Fields take that shot to to Tyler Scott. And you might go, oh, well, what the heck? Why was Justin Fields throwing deep on that third and nine there? But it was a good ball. Tyler Scott falls down. But when you watch the replay, man, looked like it went through Tyler Scott's hands there. Looked like he could have caught that ball had he been able to stay on his feet. And Fields was clearly frustrated by what he saw in that play. Because it looked like a pretty good ball from your quarterback. Certainly maybe, you know, you can always dial it in a little bit more pinpoint. But like that one was a pretty catchable ball. That would have perhaps won them the game, or at least really made it a lot more difficult for the Lions to drive down and score at the end. And so I like that Fields was able to stay aggressive there, and that they at least tried to pass on that third and nine instead of just handing it off again into a pile of defenders for no gain. But it still felt like those first two plays were just kind of wasted, gimme, obvious, conservative play calling there. And, you know, you could have thrown a a quick out route. You could have, I don't know, an RPO. You could have... A little slant route, even, even dare I say, Luke Getz's favorite play call, a screen pass there, gives you more of a chance to make something happen than lining it up with three tight ends and doing the really obvious run call. I apologize if you can hear me, like, half choking through this very end of the podcast. Your throat is very dry for no reason, and I'm not sure what it is, but we're powering through. And so that's where you feel like coaching is part of the problem here and perhaps a big part of the problem here when it feels like the offensive and defensive play calling – And the decisions they made in key situations ended up hurting this team and limiting or detracting from their ability to win the game. I don't want to sit here and say, though, that that's purely the only reason they lost. But I think it I I think as we talk through it on the podcast, I'm talking myself into that being the biggest reason that they lost, but not the only reason that they lost. Is that fair? Can we say that like the defense needed to be a little bit better? The offense needed to be a little bit better, but coaching staff was maybe the reason why they weren't a little bit better and that fields did some really good things individually and that the defense did some really good things individually. But at the end of the day, this team, when they really put their best out on the field, the healthiest they've been all season, really playing well for a lot of this game, their best still isn't enough. And that's what gets this team to be so frustrating for all of us watching along. I hope... The Lockdown Bears podcast helps alleviate some of your frustrations with it, or at least helps you feel a little bit better about it, or at least works through it in some kind of group therapy setting for you here. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Really thank you for making Lockdown Bears your first listen today. Make sure you come on back tomorrow as we go through some of the All-22 film and figure out what we can glean about fields and the offense and also the defense and see well, on a walk, watch back through with the wider angle, we can figure out what really went wrong and also what was working well, what went right for this team for so much of that game. And what went poorly for this team in a couple of key scenarios. We'll break that down. And before you know it, we're turning our attention to Josh Dobbs and the Minnesota Vikings getting ready for that Monday night matchup coming up next week. A lot more goodies coming for you on the lockdown bears podcast this week. So come keep coming back each and every day for your next opportunity to bear down.